This episode of Ask the Pokedexpert is brought to you by stamps.co.kt. If you're in the Kanto region and go to the post office a lot, you know how much of a hassle it can be. Maybe you're like me and you wanted to order some merch for the podcast you do. You had to order 6,000 t-shirts because that was the minimum order for the bulk price, and so you're sitting on a whole bunch of shirts that will definitely sell if you can figure out how to put together a website. Now you're worried about what you're going to do to ship these shirts once the orders start rolling in. Well, don't worry, Cantoians. Stamps.co.kt has your back. They'll even send you a scale so you can weigh out the shirts before you send them, I guess. Head over to stamps.co.kt and enter the promo code Pokedexpert1. Now, on to the show. Ask the Pokedexpert. Hello friends, welcome to Ask the Pokedexpert, where we take audience questions and pick the brain of our special guest expert. I'm your host, Anthony Reed, and joining me this week, well, you know him, he is a Pokemon researcher and the foremost expert in the fields of Pokemon biology, anatomy, and social biology. His new book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, One Man's Obsessive Search for a Wild Crowbat, is available now. It's Pokedexpert Mike Ellison. Thank you for being here, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. I can't believe... Uh... I can't believe I've gotten to talk to you again so soon. Yeah, I, you know, I had a, another guest lined up and they just, uh, two days before our recording, they just ghosted me. I They just never responded to anything. I have no idea what happened. Uh, thankfully, wow. Mike was very nice to step in for us uh, and, and take over this role once again uh, to be our Pokedexpert uh, here on the show. I just love being on the show. I think it's, I really value your dedication you know in spite of all the uh obstacles that have gotten in your way in in producing the show and in spite of the you know uh the trying hardships um you know let's talk about I your just, book uh i'll be gone in the dark one man's obsessive search for a wild crowbat uh which spoiler alert you're still looking for that crowbat well, I mean, I would have liked to to leave that as a you know does he does he or doesn't he? Uh, but you know, it's about the journey. It's not about the the result. Um, right, right. So, I mean, it'd be a very boring book if it was just uh, one man search for a crowbat. I didn't find the crowbat. Obviously, there's more to this book uh, in the pages of, about your search about that journey. I definitely think it's still worth buying, uh, still still worth downloading on on Audible. You know, um, I think it's I think it's really I think it's a valuable uh, exploration into into the life of a Pokemon researcher. You know, um, everybody's seen a Golbat. The Crobat is a little you know, a little more elusive uh, in in these parts. So. I was excited to uh, to take on the journey, you know, and I haven't given up hope. You know, I think it'll be I think it'll be a great follow up uh, when I have found that elusive, elusive crowbat. Well, again, thank you so much for for coming on the show here um, this week. We're talking about a fan favorite Pokemon. 
Uh, it's Chimeco. Uh, and according to the Pokedex, Chimeco is a two foot tall, 2.2 pound Pokemon. It's known for the seven different cries that it bounces around in its hollow body, uh, and it is primarily nocturnal. The community has a lot of questions about the wind chime Pokemon for our Pokedexpert. Are you ready, Mike? Oh, Anthony, I feel like I was born ready to answer questions about Chimeco. Uh, but, but between, you know, the the unique patterns on its body and the, the multi-tonal language that it produces, gosh, I cannot wait to talk about my favorite Pokemon, Chimeco. Wonderful. <clears throat> All right, then we will jump right into the questions. Here's a good one right off uh, right off the top. We're going to get into this uh, to real, real heavily here. Uh, how does Chimeco float around? It doesn't seem like it should be possible from Aerodynamic in Aquacord Town. Well, Aerodynamic, um, I understand the question, you know, at its heart. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's important to remember, right, that if you were to look at a jellyfish out of water, you would assume that it also isn't able to move around, right? Uh, I think there's a lot to be said about the space inside a Chimeco. You know, that that sucker on the top of its head isn't just for decoration. It isn't just to hold on to things when it when it gets tired. You know, it's it's also constantly separating hydrogen and oxygen hmm. and so the inside of its body is actually quite inflammable uh it's full of hydrogen and that's what keeps it aloft oh that's fascinating so uh this is one of those uh interesting things we found with a few pokemon uh throughout the the history of research of these creatures that uh they are generating some of the elements that we uh pick up in the atmosphere by absorbing other things and uh, like a filter is is that the case with the chimeco as well well i mean i think uh generation uh is maybe a misnomer right mm. uh because you know no matter can be uh generated no matter can be created it can only be changed of course of course um and so uh, I think it's important that we are specific with our language if we're going to be an educational show. Absolutely. You are you are absolutely uh, correct. But certainly, you know, I think uh, I think some of the some of the environmental benefits of a Pokemon such as Chimeco can go really under underappreciated by the layman, you know, uh you will notice that Chimeco tends to live in uh, more arid climates, and that's not; uh, those are not coincidental occurrences. You know, mm. uh, these these suckers are, for lack of a better term, sucking the moisture out of the air to split that hydrogen and oxygen. When you say um, these suckers, do you mean? like a colloquial fun term for Chimeco, or do you mean the actual body part of the I appreciate I appreciate the, the clarification, you know, I've just been in the Southwest where a lot of people who uh, talk about Chimeco will, uh, will refer to that suction cup, that yellow globular glo growth on the top of its head. 
uh, as a sucker. I know uh, in different places they're called different things, right? Yes. Yeah. No, um, here in the Northeast, we might say something like, uh, oh, oh, like this sucker back here, you know? Uh, so that is, I, I just uh, was trying to verify that that was your intent. Yes. No, I, w- I was talking about the the anatomical uh, part of the the Chimeco itself, that that top yellow nodule. Uh, is that also uh, these Chimeco? I, I've seen a lot of them uh, attach themselves places. Uh, how do they consume uh, energy, food? Uh, is it through that nozzle or, or are they consuming food through what appears to be a mouth? I never want to make assumptions with a Pokemon like this that, whose biology is so different from uh, what we you know, a, a human biology, but we are so quick to uh, anthropomorphize these creatures that may or may not actually share some of these biological tendencies. I totally understand. Uh, I think it's a great question, you know. Um, and yes, indeed, inside that that suction cup, there's actually a small, uh, a small digestion area, you know, um, you might think of it like an external stomach, uh, where you know the, you know I'm sure you've seen the videos on YouTube of the uh, of the Chimeco pulling those berries off of the off of the the bushes, you know, using its tail, um, and then placing those berries inside its suction cup. Uh, that's not for storage, you know. That is actually where its external, again, for lack of a better term, its external stomach would be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those berries will sit inside that suction cup until they are they are dissolved and then absorbed into the body. Well, the uh, container of the Chimeco. Interesting. That is that is fascinating. Um, and I, I I have seen a, a video, but I wasn't really sure what I was looking at. Uh, with the Chimeco. It's just uh, such a, a unique. Uh, Pokemon that it, it was difficult for me to parse, but now that you say that, I I'd be very interested in going back to watch those videos again. Um, it, it's amazing the kind of research potential we've gotten out of YouTube uh, to to be able to share this kind of information, you know, across all the regions. Yeah, and uh, again, I do think it's very important uh, that we that we call out that that is MewTube and not MewTube. Mm, uh, very yeah, very yes, different website. Very different uh, website. Miners, please avoid uh, Mewtwo tube uh, without the consent of your parents. And parents, please do not consent to sending your children to Mewtwo tube. That's uh, please. Okay. Please. Uh, we'll move on to the next question here. Uh, from its Pokedex, uh, it appears Chimeco relies heavily on its cry. Can you recreate that cry for us? James from Melodic, Massachusetts. James, um, all right. I mean, you're you're definitely closer. Uh, we'll say closer. I, I'm still, you know, if you'd just been like melodic from Massachusetts, that might that might have worked, right? Uh, you're almost there, buddy. You're 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 doing great. That's a it is a great question though, uh, James. I've got another question here. Uh, this one, let's see. It says, 
I was in another region taking part in some local refreshment. Uh, when I started coming back over the border, I realized I still had it with me. Uh, my Chimeco took the stuff and put it inside its hollow body, but now I'm home and I can't seem to get it out and my Chimeco doesn't sound so good. What should I do smuggling in Snowpoint City? Uh, smuggling? I, gosh, I, I can't believe that this was the avenue that you took um, to ask that question instead of calling your local emergency Pokemon services. Um, he must have done, or she, they, they must have, uh, they must have done that, right, Anthony? Uh, they must have contacted emergency Pokemon services, I, EPS? I, they must have. They're I local? Mean, absolutely must have. This question has to be more about uh, uh, the, how this how this uh, Chimeco owner can understand the process, you know, once they get back from the emergency Pokemon services. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows uh, to, to call 611 in, in the case of uh, an emergency Pokemon situation uh, to talk to the emergency Pokemon services. Uh, everyone remembers the jingle. You remember the jingle, Anthony. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, it was interesting. I was listening to your uh, Audino uh, Audino Bull, a copy of uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, One Man's Obsessive Search for a Wild Crobat. And I was oh. amazed at the way that uh, you produced that on the book. Can can you reproduce that here? Yeah, certainly. You know, uh, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, uh, that long nighttime drive when all you've got is, you know, the, the local radio tuning in and out. And so you'll hear 611 you know what i mean and like you're in it and like <clears throat> you're driving around you're bleary-eyed because you've been searching for crowbats all night uh you know and the only thing keeping you going is singing that jingle six one one how long if did you guys an emergency six one one call for your pokemon and me you know, it, beautiful. It just, yeah, how, it's what keeps you going. Sometimes it, it's the little things, you know. How long, when you guys were producing the book, did you have to drive around switching radio stations to get that perfect effect with the sound uh, of the radio crackling, and then the jingle, and then the sound of the radio crackling? So something I learned actually from the last book that I that I co-produced with Audinable is that I should really be better prepared in the moment. Mm. You know, and so that's actually a live take that really happened. That that is exactly that clip that you hear in the Audible book was that moment in real life for me. That's at that time. that's amazing. You you can tell, like you can feel uh, that that moment uh, happening uh, from the audio. You know, it's uh, there's no possible way that you could take just the jingle and like the sound of a radio crackling and put them together in a way that sound would sound anywhere near as convincing as that, because it's just so raw. There's so much emotion in that radio crackle as it flips over to that jingle. You, you knew it had to be real. So actually, uh, Anthony, that's a very common, uh, production sound effect, uh, that, that maybe you, like not that specific sound effect, but like uh, those production tricks might actually help you with your show. 
Uh, if you'd like, again, uh, I I can I can put you in touch with the folks that I worked with over at Audinable. Uh, I'm sure they've got resources for how to help you know uh, really uh, elevate the show. If you'd like, well, um, <clears throat> well, I mean, we'll see about that. But uh, do you have any? Uh, to, yeah, of course. To go back to 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 go back to the question, we don't want to leave uh, any questions unanswered. So, no, never. Uh, uh, smuggling it's just so important that i make sure that you have an answer you know and that everyone who listens knows that all of their questions are going to be answered every time they submit one and so smuggling in your situation the first thing to understand is that a chime echo is much smarter than you know than I think a lot of people give them credit for because it seems like such a simple creature. You know, it floats, it sings, it eats berries. But when it's placing something inside of itself like that, a lot of times there's something that it needs that it hasn't gotten from the local berries. And so maybe, I don't know, uh, did it happen to be wintertime? Because uh, a lot of a lot of chimecos struggle with nutrient absorption during the winters, and so they they reach out for other things in the area to try to replace those missing nutrients. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Um, how often, in that uh, capacity, do chimeco grab things that uh, they hope will be, you know, nutritious and beneficial, but they grab things that can can harm or or damage them? So one thing that uh, I think it's important to remember is the resiliency of these creatures. You know, yes, they are very physically frail, but constitutionally quite hardy. And so, you know, if it absorb, if it places something inside of itself that isn't uh, going to benefit it, it's not likely to hurt it you know there are cases where pokemon will absorb poison uh and that will harm harm them and so that again six one one you know it, it it all comes back to the idea of making sure that you're you're on good terms with your local emergency pokemon services team uh but i it's very rare in day-to-day chimeco care that you're going to run into a situation where emergency Pokemon services are going to have to rush out for you. A lot of times they're there to lend an ear. And, and, so give them a ring. And I think it's important to note smuggling that uh, no matter what you do here, uh, you know, whether Pokemon emergency services get involved or uh, if, if, if not, right, if your Chimeco just moves through this process normally, uh, the things that that Chimeco brought into itself are gone. You're not, you're not getting oh, those yeah, back. No, um, the the barbaric ways that people used to uh, try to retrieve those items have, you know, they've been proven not to work. And so it's really important to remember that that is, uh, it's a scientific fact that whatever that item was. You don't have it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely gone. <clears throat> I've got another one here. Uh, Dear Pokedexpert, how can you block Chimeco from using psychic powers against you? 
I don't even know where this one came from, but he just floats there all day staring at me. I can feel him in my mind. Oh God, please help. Haunted in Hea Hea City. Oh, Haunted. It sounds like you've made a friend. Oh, I know you don't. Uh, you don't maybe understand the way that the Choimeko is inter interfacing with you right now, but I think if you give it time, and you really search your soul, you're going to feel that bond strengthening. You know, and, and Mike, it, this is a great. Uh, you have a great example of this in your book. I'll be gone in the dark. One man's obsessive search for a wild crowbat, where that uh, you uh, seemed to attract. Uh, whether it was the same Zubat or a family of Zubat or just random Zubats every time, it felt like every step you took in that cave, there was another Zubat right there. Uh, and so I feel like you kind of have a kinship with this. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny the way certain po- certain types of Pokemon are attracted to certain pro- personality types in a in a stronger or you know more. Uh, more soul-bound way maybe you're a chai magnet and that's okay you know there are a lot of people out there that are there's a lot of people out there who would kill to be a chai magnet it's true it's true i had a i had an ex-girlfriend once who all she wanted to do was be a chai magnet but you know she was she was more of a clefairy type and that's okay yeah uh you know Take this opportunity to get to know this Chimeco, to really grow a strength and a bond with it. And you may find that you have gained so much more than a creepy, floating, uh, psychic using uh, creature clawing into your mind. Maybe you've maybe you've really gained a relationship here. Yeah. You know, what's the worst that can happen letting a Pokemon in? There are, should we legally should probably step in here and say there have been uh, some pretty terrible things uh, that have oh, happened. Certainly, yes. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. Legally, uh, legally, we are required to 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 mention the danger of working with uh, high level psychic Pokemon. Um, you know, ever since the uh, the FPA put in those those new guidelines about you know. Uh, uh, psychic shields being required uh, for dealing with high-level Alakazam. Um, I do think that that is a great call-out, Anthony. So, so I guess what we should say is, uh, you know, what's the worst that could happen letting a psychic Pokemon in within FPA regulations? That's exactly what we should say. Yeah. Uh, I got another one here. It says... Um, how do I disperse the herd of Chimeco or Chimeco, excuse me. How do I disperse the herd of Chimeco that has started gathering outside my house? It was nice when it was only three or four, but now I have at least 50 and they are very cacophonous together. Earplugged in Evergrade city. It's a great question. Earplugged, you know, um, I've lived in cities where frankly, there are too many Chimeco. Uh, and so I definitely know that feeling, you know, uh, it's, I think it's very disappointing. I understand where they're coming from here though, because like when they moved in, there were only a few Chimeco and now they're just, it's like they're overrun with Chimeco. 
yeah, chimecification is a real problem in a lot of neighborhoods, you know, um, and I think a lot of that is due to urbanization and, you know, uh, kind of the growth of cities again, right? We saw a lot of uh, exodus into rural areas for a long time, and now people want to get back together and they want to live close. But you know what? So do Pokemon. And so I think uh, if you're uncomfortable with the amount of Chimeco in your neighborhood, um, the best thing to do is to join a community group and maybe, um, you know, Purchase some industrial fans. Mm, that's and, a good and idea. Just try to try to help them move along into a different neighborhood. I do also think it's important to point out that uh, while there are many Chimeco uh, gathering in these places, uh, increasingly so in certain areas, um, there are still lots of regions that don't have that many Chimeco or or uh, cities within regions that don't have a lot of Chimeco. So if you are in the ability to move. To another place, uh, you can go somewhere where there weren't, there aren't so many Chimeco, uh, and and you know start over there. Well, certainly, but I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's a reasonable uh, you know solution for a lot of people. And so I think it's important to provide other options. You know, uh, things like encouraging chain restaurants to move into your neighborhood will certainly disperse Chimeco. Um, you know, uh, any sort of like uh minivan purchases have been have been uh have been associated with with dispersing chimeco on a kind of a, a smaller scale and so if you're yep. you know if you're able to produce more offspring i don't know if that's maybe a maybe a an opportunity for you but that could drive away chimeco as well country music right yeah. Another another proven Chimeco uh, deterrent. Yes. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to uh, to to give anyone the wrong impression here. There are a lot of communities that have embraced the Chimeco population. Um, they have accepted uh, Chimeco from uh, other regions to come and join them in those uh, areas. And, and, and the Chimeco uh, population in those places are booming. It's doing very interesting things. It brings a lot of uh, different perspective for the Pokemon culture in the area. Um, but if you know if you're in an area where there are not as many Chimeco and new Chimeco are showing up, and you you know you don't want them uh, around, that's that is you know that's understandable. Also, they can be a nuisance. Certainly, you know uh, one of the things that I think is uh, trickiest with Chimeco is. If you, if you are not welcoming to the first few Chimeco that move into your area, uh, you can be seen as the bad guy instead of, you know, the original. And so I think it's, uh, I think it's a balancing act, right? Uh, ultimately solved by communication uh, or industrial fans. Uh, Chimecification is a complex issue and one that a lot of mm. these urban areas have been dealing with for a long time. And it's not always, uh, we, we see it pop up from time to time in a lot of different places. Uh, and and it's Have you read, rolling. speaking of, I'm sorry to interrupt, no, no. I just am so excited. Have you read Professor Birch's new book on 
the reasons why uh, chimecification happens in certain areas and and kind of those complex interactions with people like Earplug, uh, uh, it's great. I highly recommend it after you've finished my book. Oh, no, why, I'm, I have missed this one. Uh, do, would you mind giving uh, the recommendation to the readers? To the oh, certainly, of course. Again, uh, that is uh, that is Professor Birch's new book. Uh, it's called Chimeco in My Neighborhood. Excellent, excellent. And again, you can pick that up right after you pick up I'll Be Gone in the Dark, One Man's Obsessive Search for a Wild Crowbat. Uh, Mike, this was a big topic, uh, a, a lot to get into here with the Chimeco, and I, I really appreciate uh, all of the help that you uh, have given us to, to gain better insight, better understanding into a creature that honestly uh, I didn't have a lot of experience with. I didn't know a whole lot about Chimeco before uh, this happened. And, and I'm glad that you were able to share your knowledge and share your insight uh, despite, you know, not being my first choice for this conversation. So uh, that was has been really great. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm flattered to uh have been given the opportunity to step in to support you once again i really really appreciate that and if you, you want to support the show listeners at home uh as mike has supported us here then you can do so at patreon.com slash pokedexpert1 that's patreon.com slash pokedexpert1 yeah uh Thank you so much again for having me on, Anthony. I just want to remind all you, all of your listeners, uh, out. I mean, I almost said our listeners again, because uh, it feels like I'm on your show a lot. You know, it's almost like we should. Uh, well, let's talk about that sometime. Anyway, um, you know, if if your listeners want to learn more about Pokemon uh, more frequently, you know, they can they can check out my patreon page patreon.com slash pokedexpert uh and you know you can order special edition copies of my book signed by me uh you just send in the book and i will do i will do the signature and have it sent back out to you this has actually become very popular recently uh i've been very busy uh thank you so much to any of my fans who might be listening to the show tonight um or I guess whenever it's downloaded. Sorry, that's a that's a holdover from when you were on the radio, remember? Yeah. And if anyone ever wants to become a patron at patreon.com slash pokedexpert1, that would also be cool. Uh, you know, anyone would be good. And uh, also, I do, if you would like a t-shirt, uh, find a way to get a hold of me. I've got a, I've got them, I got a whole lot of t-shirts just sitting here. I'm, I'm going to find a way to get them sold they're doing wonders for your sound quality though Anthony. well uh, I really yeah they filled the space know. a little bit there's not as much of an echo uh six thousand t-shirts comes in many boxes um but if you want to get in touch with us you can tweet us at pokedexpert you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash pokedexpert or you can email us at pokedexpertpod at gmail.com uh, thank you once again, Mike, for being here. Uh, thank you to all the listeners for uh, taking part in, in this and, and being part of this experience uh, with us and, and learning and growing and maybe just pulling a, a little bit more uh, out of life. So thank you to everyone. We will see you next time.